following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please do not apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctor. What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Diabetes Podcast, where we discuss how to take control of your health and gain the freedom to live the life that you deserve. I'm Gary Pano, and with me is my co-host, Dr. Grady Donahoe, who is a board-certified chiropractic internist. What is up, and welcome, Diabetes, to another episode of the Diabetes Podcast. Uh, today, it's uh, Dr. Grady and myself once again, and yesterday was the Super Bowl, and to some, it was a very exciting game. To others, it was a disappointment, especially since Grady over there is in St. Louis, Missouri, and there are a lot of Chiefs fans over there since the Rams uh, left left that state in a very sad spot. But uh, with the Super Bowl being yesterday, there has been a um, interesting development, uh, which probably a lot of people... If you're listening to this podcast, chances of you being plugged into um, diabetes conversations elsewhere online uh, is probably pretty high. And so with the Dexcom ad, uh, we just kind of want to chime in and talk about some things regarding that, too, because I use Dexcom. Uh, Dr. Grady's never used Dexcom, but, uh, you know, I think it's really relevant to a lot of people out there and just kind of chime in on that conversation. And if you don't like what we got to say or if you love what we got to say, uh, let us know. So uh, what's kind of the scoop there, Dr. Grady? Yeah, so first of all, the Bucks won, which I was kind of conflicted about because on the, you know one hand, I wanted them to kind of lose because they beat the Packers. No. Um, yeah. And at the same time, um, having a lot of the Kansas City fans around, I, I was kind of rooting for them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but at any rate. You know, well, it's surprising that you said because I live in Packer territory, right? Yeah. And I thought it was so surprising to me. I thought I was going to have to talk about the game all day. I didn't actually watch the game. I was doing my own work. I was just doing other things. I literally did not watch it whatsoever. And I thought I was going to have to BS uh, at small talk with patients all day about it. And it blew my mind how many Packer fans uh, up here were just like, oh, yeah, didn't really watch it. Uh, (laughs) You know, they beat beat the Packers. So uh, I really didn't care either way. And I was like, wow, like, really? (laughs) <laughs> but uh so it's funny that you're not you're an honorary you're not even an honor you're a packer fan yeah but uh you're not even in the state and you have the same mentality as everyone up here in the north does so yep <laughs> I, I am a tom brady fan though i i do like tom brady yeah. um which plenty of people will give me crap about i'm sure uh listening to this but i i like tom brady and his story so yeah i, I was kind of happy that he won without bill belichick yeah for the longest time i was not but then, like at a certain point, you just have to respect the the amount of su- success that he's had, and especially in a sport and in a at a certain level that it's hard to get back there. You know, year after year after year. Mm-hmm. Um, so at a certain point, it's like I can't help but respect what what he's done. So exactly. Um, so yeah. Uh, but at any rate, um, talking about diabetes and mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Um, we had our first diabetic commercial in the Super Bowl, uh, which is the Dexcom commercial. So the CGM, mm-hmm. 
And so if you haven't watched it, I recommend you guys watching it so you kind of get a better context of what we're talking about. Uh, But ultimately, we'll kind of walk through it a little bit. And um, the big conversation is, or the controversy that it has brought about, is kind of in regards to spreading awareness about diabetes. And um, I think a lot of people were expecting it to be kind of this uh, championing of type 1 diabetes and trying to, you know, like I said, spread awareness or um, get people to understand what diabetes is like in America or just in the world right now, which is for a lot of people, not very good access to a lot of the you know, right. premium healthcare that's out there. So whether mm-hmm. that's CGMs or pumps or insulin, all those things are really expensive. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people were hoping for something along those lines, because I think there's been a really big push in, in recent years or months or, um, and what have you that we want more affordable healthcare for diabetes specifically. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily that we want more coverage or different coverage. We just want the price of insulin to be cheaper or even right. some of these other um, products like the pumps or the CGMs. We want to be able to afford these without having to take a loan out to, to try totally. and get these things. And um, so I think everybody was hoping for something along those lines um, to be the narrative of this commercial. And that's not necessarily what we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, if you just watch the commercial and it's just 30 seconds, you know, Nick Jonas and, and uh, uh, it's, it's just, a, it's just a commercial. It's, it's not this uh, big hype up for type one or like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do it or anything like that. It's uh, it's purely just like what was interesting too is like part of the gimmick of like half the commercial was that it's like we, we have the technology like to do all these things and we're still doing like finger pricks mm-hmm. like and I thought that was an interesting gimmick to get to Dexcom's point um, because it's like it was talking in the present test was like now we have the technology yeah. and even though the Dexcom G6 doesn't need finger stick calibration which is what the angle was without saying it, it was like, well, it's not like now, it's not like literally like today, uh, you know, on February 7th, 2021, you know, the CGM technology has been out there for years now, um, which I thought was interesting. It was almost like creating a, almost a, even a false narrative of the yeah. newer technology. That, that was my first instinctual reaction was I was like, okay, well, this company is saying using lack of knowledge to make a simpler 30 second spot explanation given it's hard to create 30 seconds and to like nail every single thing you do and want to say you know how yeah. many times have they probably were in that writing room all year to try to figure out what they wanted to say yeah uh, so yeah, that, that much, was my initial yeah how much uh, can you really fit into 30 seconds like mm-hmm. um some you know sometimes you can fit a lot in there because you know uh, a picture says a thousand words and so obviously you have a lot of pictures within that 30 seconds but at the same time, um, you are very limited in, in what you can get across. And I, I, like you, was a little bit disappointed and more so their, um, their ad. Because I, I viewed it as an ad as well. 
Um, I viewed it as just another, you know, quote unquote, pharmaceutical company promoting a product for themselves. Um, And that's kind of my mindset going into it. But at the same time, I was somewhat disappointed in their angle that they tried to use, um, which is the finger stick aspect. And I think I'm disappointed in that just from purely from kind of what our angle is for this podcast is like educating people on trying to manage their diabetes better. So to me, the finger stick aspect is, is just like a non-issue. Like yeah. to me, I Let's think for it. most diabetics type type one, especially the finger stick, isn't that big a deal, right? It's, it's the, the plus side of the CGM is so much more than that. I've, I, I wish they would focus more on the, how it can affect your management and what you get from using a product like that, um, to further, you know, improve your diabetes and your diabetes management of getting all that data. We talk about getting all that data mm-hmm. and using that so you can better manage things. Right. I wish they would have focused more on that and less on the finger sticks because I mean, that's kind of already been done with the Libre. The Libre has been um, promoting or their ads have been promoting, you know, no finger sticks for a long time. Right. So I think for the most part, people have already heard that kind of narrative. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of worn out. And at the same time, I just don't feel, I guess, a great motivator to get something that's, you know, fairly expensive. And at the same time, I would rather focus on trying to get your blood sugar under control more so than relieving the hassle of pricking your finger. Sure. But, and we're saying this from a type one's perspective, right? So let me, let me try to play devil's advocate and say they were trying to do education, right? Let's just say that if that was their intent and they're focusing on finger sticks, how many times Grady, do you get questions of from somebody you just met? of, oh, does that mean you have to stick your fingers a lot? Like how common of a question or of a similar question is that to you? Yeah. uh, Then the other side of that is then now that people have seen this ad or people who see the the Libre ad, they they will ask, well, why don't you just get one of those and you don't have to check your blood sugar ever again? Or don't stick No one's ever said that to me ever. People, like if I'm watching an ad with that person or they've just recently seen something like that, like, well, you don't have to check your, you don't have to stick your finger if you have one of these. And I'm like, well, you kind of, you still do mm-hmm. <laughs> because right. you still have to calibrate. And, all, and so you have to sure. kind of have that conversation. Um, but dude. with with their products, with the G6, you don't have to, it's recommended to calibrate, but you don't need finger sticks. Like it, it's supposed to be FDA approved. No, I don't work. For, I could be missed. This is my own understanding of the products. This is not, I'm not actually saying what it is and isn't for as a representative of Dexcom. But from my understanding, from what I've read, how I use it, you don't need the finger stick. It's supposed to just run completely off it. And so that being said, if that is what is their true um, plus side for this model, for the G6, the sixth version of it, is without the calibration and the need for it, then in that case, to respond to the educational question like, oh, does that mean you need you know, check your, check your blood pressure. I love when people say blood pressure, <laughs> check your blood pressure all the time, or, you know, sh- you know, stick your finger all the time to that. They are educating people and saying, Oh, like, oh, I thought you did have to do it all the time, you know, but it's still, that's just what their product. If you're using 
Libre if you're using Medtronic. Unless the 7, what is it, 720? Is that what their new one is? 770. 770. Yeah. Uh, I haven't looked too much into this, the 770. I'm not sure. I would assume you would still need to calibrate that one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. The only, I think the only difference between that one is it 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 will connect with your pump, but it will also connect with your phone now. Whereas gotcha. before, you had to get a separate transmitter that only connected with your phone. Gotcha. I understand. Okay. So that being said, you know, I think there was maybe in the back of their mind some education to the point of hey, diabetics don't need to finger stick. You don't need to ask that question. It does mm. answer that. But typically, if you're like in a movie, you know, if you're trying to fix plot holes, you're going to create more plot holes. Yeah. Right? So I think that's kind of what happened to a degree, but that's not even like the major like controversy. Yeah. That's just our controversy that we saw. In it. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> that was just like us being ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so... But yeah, I, I just saw saw these these conversations last night about after after the game towards this commentary and um, and I'm not devaluing anyone's thoughts or opinions one way or another. I just thought it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, people were uh, having these conversations. Now, you know, you could I I I will use this word, Grady. You don't need to use this word, but I will say there is some degree of being a white American male uh, in 2021 compared to living in a different country, living with diabetes. Mm-hmm. There is a degree of privilege that I would say I have, I'm not saying anyone else has, but there's a degree of uh, me not knowing some of those exact struggles of living you know, with this condition somewhere else. I get it, obviously. I have my own struggles, uh, and I'm not going to belittle my own. But uh, you know, I, I think that's where some of this conversation is coming from, is this idea of, well, Dexcom is freaking expensive, right? There's a, it's really the price point. And like you said, we want to be able to just afford insulin, which is a conversation that we should have at some time anyways um, on, on the podcast. And we'll dive into that a little bit here, I'm sure. Um, but uh, the idea of this is an expensive condition that no one asks for, and yet we have to pay for it. And Dexcom is a company that is has expensive price points for the products and with or without insurance. And they spend, what was it? 50 million, 55 million. What was the number on the commercial? Yeah. I'm not sure what the official price point was on that. I don't know. I didn't see it, but so, but anyways, they spent, you know, Super Bowl commercials are expensive. Oh yeah. So this company that has a high price point for their product um, that does really help somebody live with diabetes, live a much, much better life have an expensive product that they spent a lot of money on a commercial. And people, I think the biggest criticism I saw online was people saying, well, they spent that much money on a commercial for themselves. Why would they not spend that money in other ways? Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I was seeing a lot of. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of that. And, and I think there's a, there's good points to that, but at the same time, I mean, it is a business and they're trying to maximize essentially their, their profits. And so, you know, there's, there's a degree of, the biggest thing is just, it, it, it shows their true colors, whether that's good or bad. So if, if you're looking at this, and saying, well, they should be using that money 
to make things better. Mm-hmm. So you can take that two different ways. They should use that money and use this ad that they spent on this money to try and promote something better for the people that they serve. So mm-hmm. if they had used that ad to now promote or try and create a narrative to the general population that we need to lower insulin prices. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would really appreciate that. And they may be able to generate more business because they use their platform and they use their money for something that was going to help their customers. Right. Um, so that would be an alternative thing that they could have done and, and would probably have been a really good light in, or, or a lot of really good in a lot of people's eyes. Um, but at the same time, um, they use this ad, they use this money for, for their business and to grow their business and to, to try and spread awareness about their product, not necessarily mm-hmm. about type one diabetes. Right. And, um, and so I think, I think there is some, some validity to, uh, people being somewhat upset about spending so much money, um, on this and yet charging a lot of charging a lot of money for their product. And, um, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's a complicated thing because, you know, business, business isn't straightforward. You're taking risks either way you want to go. You could take that risk and spend a bunch of money on an ad. That's really more of a talking point to try and help spread awareness about type one diabetes. And you're banking, you're betting on that helping your business because you're kind of taking a stand for your people, if you will. And therefore by taking that stand, you're banking on, they're going to buy your product more because they see you as a source of, or a, um, a pillar that you're fighting for their Mm -hmm. rights that you're fighting for lower cost of insulin. And therefore they want to support that effort. And therefore, they're going to try and buy you more of your product, which right. probably in this environment and looking back on this now, I mean, hindsight's 2020, that may have been a pretty good option for them. Um, but at the same time, it's a, it's a risk, mm. at, you know, because on the other hand, on the other side of things, making this ad, they are promoting their product directly. So they are spreading awareness. How much is that worth the amount of money that they spent on this ad? We'll find out, but well, I mean, and I, I looked it up. Correction, I was off by a tenth. I mean, it's a big tenth, but I said like fifty, fifty-five million. It was five point five million. Okay, so that's a big difference, yeah. but it's still a lot of money, regardless. But you know the the idea of ads is to grow your business and then to collect. If you view money as energy, you are then collecting that energy to then be spent on whatever way it can be uh you know and then you have to then look at maybe the integrity you know some people would measure integrity purely on how dollars are spent i think there's a lot of volume to that i agree with that um but you know customer service how companies are run how people within the company are are treated you know i can't speak to all of those things but i know every representative i've talked to to dexcom customer service has been freaking amazing and they have helped me out in pinches and they've sent me uh not even sure if i can say that on an official thing but <laughs> they've helped me out in ways where it would normally cost me money but in otherwise situations they have helped me figure out a situation that doesn't 
And, you know, and so if a ad in any company is to increase the revenue, they then have the resources and energy, aka money, to then spend it more. You know, you can then look at the track record. Well, they'll probably spend on this, but they now have more resources. What if they created a whole new program to like in a different nonprofits and to actually create funnels and easier ways to give uh, Dexcom systems out? Or they use it as purely as lobbying and then they become, you know, lobbying power for to help insulin prices and the pharmaceutical industries in general um, and regulate the help regulate those or whatever the the solution is mm. you know the playing devil's advocate to all those concerns is that if the intention was just a purely a pharmaceutical company or pharmaceutical or rather the thing the term is medical supplier a medical yeah. supplier company um they they need to make more money and then by more money they can do more things obviously this argument is tossed to the side of all that increase in revenue goes straight to the pockets of stockholders and, you know, things like that, yeah. which I will take that. And I will take that. Yeah, sure. My argument's invalid at that point, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I feel how my experience with the company and how much I've looked into them as a people actually managing people are good people. And, and I can't, to me, it was hard to see the, the wrong in just them raising awareness for their product. Yeah. Yeah. And I think why the, the reaction was so negative and kind of why this whole narrative started was I think the setup to the commercial, because whether it was directly from them, from Dexcom or from people around the hype train of getting of this commercial and, and this commercial coming out, um, so to kind of, you know, create the context or provide the context of, of what we're talking about, I'm going to read some of their quotes um, about some of the uh, Instagram posts that they made prior to this commercial coming out. And this is um, Dexcom itself. And this is Dexcom, Dexcom. itself. Okay. So um, they had a post and this is just quotes from the post. This isn't the full post um, just to keep it somewhat brief because some of them are kind of long. but. Mm-hmm. Um, they had said to start a conversation about a better way to manage diabetes, to raise awareness about CGM. And then on game day, they said, all eyes on you today, hashtag warriors ready to see people with diabetes take center stage during the big game. And so seeing those posts, there's a little bit of like, kind of back and forth between sure. what what are they really trying to do with this ad? Um, so initially it's kind of like, right. Raising awareness about CGM, which is again, kind of mainly just promoting their product, which is kind of right on par with what, what they had brought out and, and what the ad was about. Um, but then at the same time, the all eyes on you today and ready to see people with diabetes take center stage is kind of putting them into that, all right, this is for people with type 1 diabetes, not necessarily about our product, um, which is a kind of a good way to hype up the, the ad, but at the same time can be somewhat misleading um, as far as what you're trying to do with the ad. Yeah, agreed. 
it, it sends a sends a mixed message and then with mixed messaging it's okay then you now have a inherent distrust whether you're aware of it or not so what's what are you really doing yeah um who are you really doing this for you know i think if they didn't post any of that and it was just hey a di- diabetes we're having a type 1 diabetic commercial for a dexcom period mm-hmm. you know if the messaging was purely just on their product i think most people are like okay they're advertising themselves mm-hmm. there'd still be people upset but once you start saying this is for us you know they're trying to like raise rally rally and rah rah about diabetes and but they are not just diabetes they're not the only thing there right and mm-hmm. And then because some people, because it's like 400 bucks for like a 30 day supply, right? I think is the, the at cost, which is even with my insurance, what it cost me, um, I think, uh, I'm pretty sure. But uh, it's, you know, it's ex- freaking expensive. And so it, it's like, well, I can't be a part of you because I can't afford you. Mm-hmm. So, but yet you're saying everyone is diabetic. And part of you, you know, like it, it just it creates this weird relationship feeling once you start doing that. Now, to play devil's advocate to that, you have multiple reasons for doing something, right? Yeah. And uh, you're going to have primary reason, increased revenue for our business. Number two, we are a diabetes-centered company. I might not say it at first, but then I start saying, man, I really want to help and inspire people with diabetes. You don't need to be doing those things. You're going to, both those things still can be true. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you can have so many reasons for doing things like perfect example, uh, you know, not even us personally, but just medical doctors, right? Medical doctors always want to help people. That's why they want to get into it. But medical doctors get paid a lot of money. Like there, there is this other inherent reason to do things. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and to, I think it's almost, uh, it's an interesting thought that somebody's intentions can only be one, one thing. Yeah. And there's always, always multiple reasons to do it. It doesn't mean those other reasons are wrong. In my opinion, I'm clearly very much for the, against the, uh, what seems to be a lot of the community diabetic community is not happy with this commercial. I'm very much against maybe that idea. If that's not clear, it doesn't mean I'm not trying to see the other side. Um, Cause I am, but uh, you know, it's just something that, I don't know. I think you got multiple intentions. I don't think that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm very indifferent about it. I really don't hold um, any stock in any, any one mm-hmm. side, but sure. I think it's just a fun conversation or interesting conversation to have. Right. Um, but I think it wasn't necessarily the comments or the posts that Dexacom made that ultimately was like the real big driving force behind maybe the misconception about what this commercial was going to be doing. Mm-hmm. I think it was a lot of the um, hype around it or a lot of people around um, in the community, tr- like whether intentionally or unintentionally hyping things up um, for this commercial that then kind of set the tone for the reaction afterwards. Mm-hmm. And um, so one of the posts that I had seen before this all started. And so I kind of referred back to it uh, when kind of getting ready for this um, podcast was uh, behind beyond type one daily. Um, They had posted a Instagram photo kind of just promoting, Hey, this is going to be a, 
a commercial about type one diabetes. And mm -hmm. so I'll just read you what they said. So that way you get straight from the horse's mouth. Um, what, what was actually said. So, um, they had said excited for game day today when beyond type one co-founder Nick Jonas will be, will become the first first person to talk about type one diabetes in a Super Bowl ad. This is an inspiring moment for every type one kid watching the game. It is also important chance to push for broader access to CGMs. Awareness is one key to CGM access, but affordability challenges are also a huge hurdle for many in our community. We know these technologies are expensive and we know that in the US, black and Latino people are less likely to have access and to use them. Diabetes technology, including insulin pumps and continuous glucose monitors should be accessible to people with diabetes, regardless of employment or insurance status all across demographics without barriers and at an affordable, affordable and predictable price point. That is why we are pushing for the expansion of CGM access to Medicare beneficiaries in the United States at both a federal and state level. We we were, or we are also advocating for systemic payment policies that will make div, uh, devices less expensive. This Sunday, the entire country will spend 30 seconds thinking about diabetes care. That's huge. That's a start. Was when was that? Was that post on their website? Was that post on their? Where was that at? That was on Instagram. Really? Which one was that? Um. Oh, I see. I see it. Yeah. With yeah. the what picture of Nick Jonas? Yeah. Um, and that was posted before the ad even aired. Mm. What day? What day time was that? That was one day ago. Who knows if it was before or afterwards? Yeah. Um, it would have been interesting if that was before. I'm pretty sure it was because I'm pretty sure I saw it before the ad. So, right there, they're, they're already knowing the the they're predicting hurdles of people saying how expensive the product is mm -hmm. right then and there before it happens. Now, if that was a response afterwards, because then they start talking. So what's really cool when you have a first, this is the first time so-and-so someone's in this situation has done this thing, right? Uh, like what was the first time there was a, a female ref in the, mm -hmm. in the Super Bowl. That's super cool. It would be one thing, and then she did her job. She did her job great. But imagine if then she then like was a total bad sport or just a terrible human being, and like called called pass interference for like a crucial play or something, or like flicked off cameras, you know, did something crazy, <laughs> stupid, you know, and it was clearly not the role model that uh, is needed for a first moment. Mm. So here they are at you know trying to say this is the first time a diabetic has been on in an ad, which I'm not sure that, or if it's maybe the first ad of for diabetes, that's probably more what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, and they have this mixed messaging of that leaves a bad taste in their mouth. You know, it's, just, it's like, if you're going to be a first, you have to be this almost all inclusive, which then they say in that post is, you know, they, they address, you know, um, black African-American Latino people 
um, and, and groups, ethnicities and other people that have harder, you know, they, they said it in that post and they're trying to be inclusive. They're trying to say all these obstacles and, and what they want to change. And it's interesting that I talked about Medicare because uh, for anyone that's not really in the, the healthcare industry, Medicare really a lot of fee schedules and a lot of insurance companies end up dictating how they pay for things based off Medicare's fee mm -hmm. schedule. So the idea is if you change Medicare, um, a lot of insurance companies follow as well. Not guaranteed, but that's that's like where you start. Yeah. Um, so at least that is, I know that with particular other services, I would assume medical suppliers and pharmaceuticals are the same way. Yeah. Um, so that being said, you know, they're trying to address all these things, um, but they're not being directly. Sometimes you just need to say, this is it. Yeah. Well, and, and at the same time, I think that's what kind of misleads people into thinking that this commercial is kind of about that narrative of affordable healthcare, affordable supplies, mm -hmm. affordable insulin is that they're talking about this um, leading up to the, to the commercial. And then that's what, so then it kind of puts that in people's minds about, Oh, this is, this is going to be good. This is going to be about getting more affordable um, diabetes care. And then, and then when that's not necessarily the case, then it's kind of like getting your hopes up for something. And then right. that, that thing not happening, it's makes that much, much worse um, than if it, you didn't, didn't expect that's something it. and then it never happened. Right. Agreed. If you put expectations on something that you're not even in control of, I mean, well, then you say, then there's the argument of what I just said. Well, Nick Jonas was literally in the commercial. That was he, like he was in relation by being a co-founder of Type 1 Daily, controlling that narrative. And yet he was still in the commercial. Mm -hmm. So I get that. But removing that for one second, if somebody else and other people are hyping something up that you are, that you are directly not hyping up, then it's like, well, why, I, you got yourselves all excited for on your own. Like, I don't know why you thought we were having steak for dinner. <laughs> or like, no, not steak. No, I don't know why you had cookie thought cookies and ice cream and fudge brownies for dinner. You know, I, we were going to have steak and salad. That sounds you, better you, to me anyways. I know. I was about to say, this is <laughs> an awful example yeah. for a, a more nutrition based focused podcast for diabetes. Uh, Cause obviously you should never have <laughs> that. <laughs> anyways. Um, but yeah, so it's like, it's almost like, that I can see Dexcom or just any person in that situation. Like we literally didn't say we were like hyping up type one diabetes. I just, that's, that's on you, but is it, you know, yeah. they really don't, they can't really walk away from that. That being said, you know, um, Nick Jonas is, is, is a, I don't know, obviously never met the guy, but I know he's a huge advocate for so much and he's contributed so much to type one diabetes space. Um, so then you look at someone like his character and he really puts his, both his physical money and time where his mouth is. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, so he's not a bad guy by any means. And so it's just a lot of mixed messaging it really yeah. is. Um, but then, you know, where I think where people are frustrated and this is an interesting part of the conversation then too, is, is there a difference? This is just like my own tangent, my own thought. Is there a difference between making insulin free and, or affordable and everyone access to, to insulin that needs it and is that different and should it be different than cgms yeah that's a conversation that's a conversation not many people are having mm -hmm. and uh 
you know, that question I think should be talked about. So, so let's talk about it. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's, you kind of have to take it in pieces because you're not going to win the whole battle right. all at once. Mm-hmm. And so I think obviously insulin is first because that's obviously the most important thing in a type one diabetes care is, is just getting insulin. So that way you can keep your blood sugar low. You have the opportunity to keep your blood sugar low. Now, how you do that or other things that you use to help do that um, is another story, but you need to at least have the opportunity to, to keep your blood sugar under control. You, know, you don't need insulin gray. You just need Dr. Sabies, cinnamon and supplements <laughs> via Instagram that I post on every single freaking post. Yeah. On anyone everywhere. And your diabetes will be cured. Yeah. You don't need insulin. Yep. Just, just go to this herb guy. He'll, he'll take care of you. Anyways, go ahead. Um, <laughs> uh, but then, you know, so it's, it's kind of like you got, got to get past that step first. So I think, you know, trying to focus on one thing obviously helps things move faster than having a kind of broad focus on all these different topics. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's necessarily impossible or necessarily unnecessarily just because the, your insurance obviously does help cover some of those products, but it's also much different, at least for my insurance. And I've had a few different insurance where it's kind of the same, where insulin is a prescription, whereas the, the products aren't a prescription. So it's billed differently and, you know, it's covered differently. So I think being able to reduce those products because it, I mean, it is a product and whereas it's not necessarily a prescription from a pharmaceutical pharmaceutical company. So I think it's a lot easier to maybe make that push for those products to reduce their prices if the companies are willing to listen to their um, to their audience. Um, but at the same time, like I don't know how much it takes to produce the the uh, sensors and all those things. Like obviously, the things to make those are probably pretty cheap, but at the same time, the R and D on top of that is really right. the biggest expense. And so, you know, I don't know how much that, that plays into, to how much they're charging and how fast or how much that's going to impact how fast they're able to progress and make things better. Because like I've talked about before, the CGMs right now, or at least the ones I've tried, which is mainly Medtronic, I haven't been super happy with, and I wouldn't bet my life on it. Like you said, right now, Dexcom is, is going to where you don't necessarily need a finger prick. That scares me, you know, frankly, because I just don't have a lot of trust in, in CGMs right now. And so, um, you know, reducing that price, you may be sacrificing the, um, the strides we can make right. in the progress of the technology too. So great. Yeah. Oh, so you're saying if you sacrifice the price, there might be less innovation. Yeah. And I remember I, I thought about a couple of things from what you just said. Um, but you know, innovation to like it uses Bluetooth, right? Like they all use Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an interesting part of, of the technology. I remember when we had when we shared uh, our one roommate uh, who was with us for a couple of weeks, um, and he used to work for like counterintelligence, 
And he was like, Garrett, I could hack into your pump right now. It's got Bluetooth. I can hack into it. And I was like, oh my gosh, what the heck? You know, like that's total. I'm not sure if that's real or not, or if you just pull up my chain, but the idea of innovation using Bluetooth, there's these technologies that need to keep developing, right? So that's a downside. However, then like what you said earlier, if you lower the price point, more access to care, more people get care, then you have more frequency of use. Therefore, Mm -hmm. revenue would increase theoretically at that point too. Uh, You know, and and what another thing too that I've been thinking about is this is mostly talking about type ones, but we how many times do we encourage type twos to check their blood sugar and more regularly? Like as practitioners, how much how cool it'd be to see um cgms on a type 2 diabetic right yeah and that was actually one i saw a couple people not a couple i saw one commentary on um non-diabetics trying to get cgms and almost like a slap in their face like as a di- diabetic like if they couldn't afford it but yet there's somehow somebody's able to figure out a way to get a cgm that's not diabetic i get that feeling i do mm-hmm. um but you know it might be hard if you are a type 2 diabetic might be hard to get a CGM, let alone a lot of test strips. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah. I remember one time I was uh, denied test strips and the amount that my endo was ordering for me because they thought I was type two and they're like, well, a type two doesn't need 300, 400, 500, whatever. Cause I was without a CGM at that point, I was addicted to the numbers. So I was like testing like 20 times a day, mm-hmm. like an obsessive amount. Uh, but I learned a lot. And but I was denied because they thought it was type two in their boxes on their on their forms. And I said they type two doesn't need to check this many times. Denied. Well, you know, same thing, like access to test strips can be hard to, to type twos. Access to CGMs could be hard. You know, like just even getting access to it is, is such a can be a difficulty. And yet they're the price point to what could be used for that money. I mean, I now I'm just kind of rambling, but this is all this all this ramble came from you initially saying you got to focus on one thing first. Mm-hmm. You got to focus on the insulin first. Um, and, and I think there's conversations to be had, but I, I and we could debate if CGMs are a diabetic right, but I think no one would not debate that insulin is a diabetic right. Yeah, you shouldn't. True, you shouldn't die from rationing, rationing insulin. You shouldn't mm. die and have to choose what bills you're going to pay to get insulin. Um, quality, safe care. Thinking about other countries, you shouldn't ha- shouldn't have to be a struggle to trust where you're getting insulin from in other countries. Yeah, you know, I think we can all agree, insulin is should be a a right, a human right, if you have a condition like this. But then taking a different step back, where do you draw that line? You know, how many medications are, are actually needed for so many people that they need to pay for? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a screwed up system. It's much, much more complicated than yep. just make it happen. Yep. Yeah. It's tough. And yeah. And like the counter argument to the, this CGM argument that I had about, well, you need that money for, you know, R and D, you know, at the same time, if you lower the price, more people, are going to be buying that and that may generate the same amount of revenue. Right. And therefore um, you're, you're right at that same spot. So, but that at the same time, 
that's why business is so hard. That's why, I mean, that's one of the hardest things that I have to make a decision on is how much I'm going to charge for my services or this certain product is because it's like, okay, you know, I feel like I'm worth this much, but at the same time, if, if the general population doesn't feel that what I do or what I'm providing isn't worth that much, well, they're not going to buy it. And if the, if nobody's going to buy or, or purchase my services at that price, well, then I might as well go out of business. Um, so, th- I mean, that's always the hard, I mean, for me, at least that's the hardest part about business is setting a price because mm-hmm. you have to play that delicate, delicate game of, you know, you still need to make money to ru- to have a business, run the business, also make enough so that you can live. And then at the same time, but you you don't want to, you know, you don't want to sell, you put it too high. You don't want to put it too low. And, um, I don't know. It's, it's just hard. Especially because they set their price point, right. But because it's getting billed to insurance, very, very few people are buying CGMs without insurance. Yeah. They set their price point And then typically, typically this is how it goes. Uh, a drug is worth a certain amount of money. They set their price point pumps worth a certain amount of money. They set the price point insurance company says, Nope, it's only worth this much from our data. We're deciding this. Mm. Um, and so you're only going to get paid this much, and this is how much it is. And then it goes down the ladder of specific insurance policies to the user who owns the product, and the product being the insurance policy. Well, sometimes it can happen like this you can undervalue your price to what the insurance company thinks. So, you know, let's say, talk about our services. We can say we can undervalue our services. Insurance payer says, actually, you know, typically we pay this much money. We're actually going to give you more money and raise you more money. Rarely would that happen because rarely would a third party <laughs> payer like insurance company say, give you money. But that I've heard that happening. But then what would, would happen in that case, if you undervalue the service to what the insurance company says is that they say, well, we think it's this much. You think it's this much. That stinks for you. You're only gonna, we're only going to pay you what you think, even that you would have gotten more. Mm-hmm. And in terms of our care, like an adjustment, I've seen that happen a couple of times with other friends in, in the insurance game. And, um, you know, it, you set the, as a practitioner, if you're in the insurance game, you set the price point. The third party has way more control than people think. And then they would influence people because it's a game and not only do customers, AKA you, AKA us as the diabetic are trying to play the game, but then because we're all trying to get out alive, uh, people, hospitals, oh, so many other companies are playing the game too. And then you don't think they're going to raise their, their price to match something like that for a third party to pay more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's just kind of capitalism in America and capitalism and a weird third party payer system in, in yeah. America. Yeah. And in the, insur- in the insurance game, the game is really overcharging for your services or your product because you don't want to, like you said, you don't want to short sell yourself because they're not going to necessarily tell you if they were, were going to pay more or not. So the motivation mm-hmm. is, well, let's charge a really hard, really high price. And then we'll get whatever the insurance company gives us anyways. And, um, mm-hmm. but then if you're paying out of pocket without insurance, then you get screwed over. So then 
I, I'm just continue playing devil's advocate then for right now for for bigger companies or just companies yeah. in general yeah. businesses. Um, you know, then you get the idea of this company and these people making these decisions are responsible for hundreds of people or tens of people in their company, making mm-hmm. sure they the company does well so they can pay well, so they can have a family and, you know, looking out for them while providing services for their mission. But then they, so let's say they drop, they, they say, okay, I'm going to do the bold thing, drop our prices. Even that insurance will pay us more. Dropping it, we'll take the cut and maybe we can get more revenue. But then all it takes, you know, you're trying to influence everyone in that company to say this is a good idea. And it, it's so hard to have everyone on the exact same mission. And it only takes like one like person that has any influence in the company to say, we would be making so much more money if we just raised it to what the insurance thinks it's worth. We're not even saying it's more than that. We're saying it is what it is. Mm-hmm. We're going with the flow. It just takes like a few people of influence that can derail an entire um, mission of people, not even mission, because their mission is already to help diabetics. That is their mission. Mm-hmm. But uh, ethical, uh, ethical business sacrifice to say we will take losses to make it easier for more people just takes a few people to say nope we're going to push it back up like how many times do people blame corporations and companies and higher ups making decisions for things that affect people lower down yeah you know it would be so hard for a like a hospital ceo or hospital cfo to, to say yeah that's a good idea let's let's make less money uh when we could be making more money from the insurance company you know like Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I should. I'm not saying at all that's what they should do because we've already talked about, well, if you lower the price, more people can get it and your revenue will go up. But then you look at the fact that insurance would pay this much money. Why would you not do it? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's, yep. it's a game. It's unfortunate. Uh, and that's part of the frustration we all play because uh, we didn't ask for diabetes. We didn't ask yep. for type one. We didn't even ask for type two for those who were listening to type two. But yet we find ourselves lodged in, in a big chess Jumanji clue game who killed you. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and we're trying to navigate it ourselves. But, uh, you know, I, I can't say I really don't think Nick Jonas or Beyond or Dexcom are, are evil people. It's just hard for yeah. me to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, to me, it was an ad for a company promoting their product. And well, at the same time, I do think there was like a general sense of, you know, this is for, or this is kind of a cool thing for diabetes. Um, but at yeah. the same time, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's a company promoting their product. Like how cool is it that Nick Jonas is such a cool advocate for diabetes as a diabetic? I mean, I remember cause he got diagnosed, uh, uh when we were younger, um, and I remember him being diagnosed. People like, oh, did you? Because this was like when they were super young. What was the, what was the Disney show? They became popular from a Disney show or a Disney movie. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember what that Disney movie was. It was. You remember when Disney made specific like Disney movies on the Disney Channel? Yeah. I never like I in the '90s or like 2000s. I don't think I ever watched the uh, Jonas Brothers. Was were they related at all? <laughs> like with, the Jonas uh, Brothers movie? No. Well, I don't know. They may have. I don't know. If they did, like it was the era that like movies like 
it was like era in the movies like Johnny Tsunami came out, like yeah. those types of movies yeah. on the Disney. Well, it was show. right around the same uh, time that Hannah Montana was going on, so I don't know if they had like a mixture in there or something. I don't know, but doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, where was it go with this? Oh, it's cool to have someone as as high profile as Nick Jonas being a really big advocate. I like and just seeing somebody in the Super Bowl like that. Jay Cutler never made it to the Super Bowl, <laughs> and he was a diabetic. Yeah, throw the shade right there to my bears. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big Jay Cutler fan. Uh, and um, and as a type one diabetic, I thought he was also a bad leader where Nick Jonas is a really cool guy and I respect the hell out of him. Um, you know, and I'm sure Jay Cutler is a really cool guy too. I'm not as person, but as a football player, it wasn't my bears hurt. I'm just going to leave the ramble there. Uh, so, you know, that being said, it's still, you know, it still does to a degree highlight diabetes and um, it, the miscommunication of what, who and what this was for is really what this is about. Yep. So, uh, well, that was fun. It was. We were going to originally just talk about other stuff, but it, this became a really focused talk on, on that. We're trying to be a little more personal for you listeners and, and so you can get to know us a little more and, and hear some of the banter Grady and I have back and forth. Yep. Uh, it's, it's a fun time, but uh, this was really focused on just uh, the Super Bowl ad. So, yep. uh, so what's, uh, let's go. go. I'll, I'm going to go first. So, or You're I'm like, going to let you, yeah, go you rarely first. like, you rarely like overpower me in conversation. Yeah, so I'm please go control. ahead. Um, so we're going to do our segment. I don't think we skipped this last week, but we're going to do our uh, little fun segment at the end here, which is today is going to be burst my beta cells. So Garrett, what has been bursting your beta cells lately? Gotcha. So what's been bursting my beta cells lately is this mix of, of, I know what to do and technology failures and going, going, going with life. And, and it's, not so much that I'm ragging on just diabetes, but it's been burst my beta cells that when you get momentum in life with other things and you're getting excited about other things, diabetes, just like any other activity can take the back burner. And it's been burst my beta cells that because we have this podcast and I love working with diabetics and I have, you know, I like to think I know a thing or two, uh, but yet my own personal diabetes can fall. And that's kind of what's been happening a little bit. Um, I'm about to get my actual A1C now, just my estimated glucose for my CGM. So I'll be interested to see what that actually is. But I feel overall my control hasn't been nearly as doubted as it has been in the past. Uh, my last A1C, well, the number doesn't matter, so I'm not going to even say it. But I think it's higher than what it was. So, um, and I know already know I'm not my number and all those other things. But as I'm building momentum in other parts of my life, it's just frustrating and but burst my beta cells that seems uh, from an objective perspective, not just an emotional, which that too, it's been kind of hitting the back burner a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that's always frustrating. Like um, whether it be the little episode I had with um, the technology failed that my blood sugar was like 300 for like 12 hours, you know, diabetes yeah. was in the back burner. It was literally like, if I was a true advocate for myself, I would have found a way to have somebody else see my patients, leave, take care of what I needed to, you know, drive home, do my thing, come back because I was out all out of my backups. 
but I, I didn't, or I would do all these other things. So it's just been burst my beta cells that my personal diabetes care has been slacking as I've been building momentum in other parts of my life. And it's just frustrating because it's, man, it's a nonstop war. We always got to do it no matter what. And we can't take the back burner and you can, but then you have to accept the consequences, you know, that it's going to be affecting your health. Mm-hmm. So that's just unfortunate. Yeah. So it's been a, uh, it kind of burst my beta cells recently that I'm sure others can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. I've what's been bursting um, or what burst my beta cells the most recent was probably getting off on my sleep schedule. It's mm. been a while since like I've had a, like a major like shift um, in my sleep schedule or did like a um, just did something stupid with sleeping. Um, which is like not getting very much sleep uh, one night. I think it was on Friday night. When Dr. Grady was in chiropractic school, he was a machine his first year. (laughs) Yeah. He like plugged himself at the wall and like did push-ups while he slept. And then he got, he was like, good to go. And he didn't drink any caffeine. So when he says like a weird sleep schedule, like he was, you know, things are going weird. So continue. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was just being stupid. I didn't sleep. Cause I wanted to do other things. And, um, so my blood sugar just got way off cause my body was not used to, um, having that wacky of a sleep schedule. And mm-hmm. so, um, I knew it was probably going to happen cause it's happened. You know, obviously I've had data before, so I knew something like that was going to happen, but it's been such a long time that I also wasn't sure how severe it was going to be. Cause I'm like, well, my body's in a much better place than the last time I did something like this. And so I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. So, um, ultimately my blood sugar was spiking a lot because of all the cortisol uh, being off and the cortisol rhythm was off in, in my day to day. And it's still kind of trying to figure itself out. I've had a lot of like highs, weird highs to where it's like, all right, this really doesn't make a lot of sense with, um, with even what was going on. So like, you know, obviously you think the cortisol is going to be highest in the morning. And so you're going to have more of your spike if the cortisol is off in the morning, but I've had a few times where it's kind of spiked in the middle of the day or towards the later part of the day, um, which caught me by surprise. And so it's just like trying to get my body back into that sleep rhythm. So then it's um, normalizing, which is frustrating because it's just like, oh, it was one day, it was one night, but now I have to pay the consequences for, you know, at least several days, maybe even a week. Who knows how long this will last, but I feel like it's normally normalizing. Um, But at the same time, you never know. It'll, it'll sneak up and get you again. So when you when you think uh, you'll fully be on track, if you had to guess, I am hoping tomorrow it will be back to fully normal. However, do I believe that? Probably not. It might be another two days. <laughs> do you, Do you think you're gonna easily? Because we before we started recording, we were talking about all the things we have going on, you know, in our individual lives. With the things you have in the works right now. Do you feel it'll easily for you to fall into that trap again? And I if feel so, like it's gonna happen again. <laughs> if, if so, what do you what are your strategies you think going into it? Yeah, so so Thinking recently I've been 
I've been trying to make sleep a priority and, and this God was bless. even before all this happened, but, um, I've been making it a more of a priority than I did in the past. So like in chiropractic school, it was not a priority at all, really. And I made working out more of a priority than sleeping because I would always work out in the morning because I knew if I waited till the end of the day, I may not do it because I'd feel like I need to study and all that stuff. So now I'm making it a priority and therefore I have more so sacrificed my working out versus the sleep. Um, but at the same time, you can only do that for so long, or at least I can only do that for so long. So uh, I'm going to be starting working out again because right now things are a little bit slower than they were as far as what I need to get done and all those things, but it's going to be picking up again. And I don't necessarily foresee myself, um, cutting the working out totally again. So, um, I'm going to be trying to implement some strategies to make myself more efficient. So, you know, maybe cutting out a lot of extra stuff that I don't need to be doing like social media stuff or watching things that I don't necessarily need to be watching because they're not necessarily productive. Um, and also things like meditation, because that just ultimately makes you more efficient at doing each individual task. Mm -hmm. um, because at least for me, and I know a lot of other people, your mind's not nearly as cluttered when you're trying to do something. So whether, whatever it is, school, work, um, even just casual activities, you don't have a bunch of stuff bombarding your brain because your brain is practiced at focusing on one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. So implementing things, more of those um, types of things to help make my body and my brain more efficient. So I get things done and without sacrificing some of the things that are really important to me, like working out, or sleeping. So hopefully I can get to a spot to where I can get it. I can get all the things done. I need to get done in a day without sacrificing the sleep. But having said that, hopefully I can keep on track, but I'm kind of doubting it. Yeah. That's, um, that was way more in depth than I thought you were about to go. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think there are a lot of valuable things you say, cause that's, it's almost like you expanded on, on my burst, my beta cells. Cause I, I was broad. I didn't like talk about why my, I let my diabetes go out of the wasteland. I was almost just more complaining. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you went a step further and instead of complaining, you were sharing. And then you said action steps, very specific, which is uh, amazing. That's, that's why I, I look up to you. Great. <laughs> why you're a good mentor to me. Uh, because that, that right there is a great example of how we all should kind of approach these situations. And for me, that one, that is one thing that I have been doing. Uh, I've been getting very low sleep, not prioritizing sleep. Uh, long and short, I don't think I can until the end of, you know, it's the middle of summer. And, uh, but what I've been doing is I've been, uh, I've primed myself and worked on myself enough where I can handle this amount of stress and things going on. And one of those things is meditation to clear my mind. So when I'm doing a, when I'm doing a task, I'm more focused to do that task and, and priming my brain to be able to handle things like that. Um, Cause in reality, there's no such thing as multitasking. There's just being multi-distracted. Yeah. Um, and if that's not a quote, put that on a t-shirt, that's going on. <laughs> a t-shirt. And so, you know, being able to do that and I'm able to, and you know, you can handle stress in these types of situations temporarily when you have, 
been eating right and getting your numbers right and controlling yourself and respecting yourself and loving yourself and, and moving your body, doing all the things that are needed from a lifestyle perspective to, to be able to handle moments like this. Because if you're already inflamed and you already got gut issues, you got already all these other things going on, and then you're trying to do periods of time when you're working really hard and you're not sleeping and you're doing your blood sugar is doing all these things, it becomes way, way more of a hassle. Yeah. Um, but I, I love the strategies that you just suggested, knowing that sleep is probably going to be maybe minimal again in the future for you and what you're doing for it. And I think that's huge. And I think that's a lesson we can all take away. So thank you, Dr. Grady. You are welcome. That <laughs> <laughs> um, being said, this should have, we've never really have needed to have announcements, but this probably should have been on the beginning part of the, the podcast. And maybe it is. Who knows? Grady's great at editing. <laughs> But uh, we now have a our website is now live, and finally, uh, that's super exciting. That's one of the things that you know uh, we really the master technician nerd <laughs> behind the scenes, Doctor Grady Dono, has been working on, and uh, he's been working really really hard on that. So we're happy with our website, uh, and we'll put a link in, in this podcast episode to it, and you can actually listen to and share our episodes from that website too. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to be doing more blog posts, uh, more writing, uh, media on there, there too, sharing some things, sharing articles, um, in different ways. There's only a couple blog posts on there right now. Um, but then eventually we'll, we'll have a couple other things that you'll see on that, you know, store, you know, t-shirt and whatever else, um, on there too. But mostly it's all about sharing information. So whether both podcasts and blogs are probably going to be the main focus uh, of that website. So, um, yeah, super excited. And that's a fun announcement that the Die Buddies podcast website is now live. Oh, yeah. One more step to being legit. Yep. <laughs> right on. All right. Well, that being said, normally we have like a big take home message and I'm sure I could whip something up about uh, the controversy of the, the episode we talked about. But sometimes it's OK just to talk. Yep. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you found value in this podcast episode we would appreciate a share uh send it to another diabetic or another loved one um or just give this you know a five-star review whatever you want to do uh or uh, if you disagreed with some of our commentary uh we invite respectful conversations um in the forms of emails and dms and we'd love to hear from you in engagement um or if you don't want to be respectful well, please we'll take it yeah <laughs> uh but that being said uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on another episode of the Die Buddies podcast. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you found value in today's conversation, we would appreciate it if you gave a five-star review. It really helps us branch out our community and get our message across to those who really need to hear it. If you want to interact with us on social media, you can follow us on The Die Buddies Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or moral outrages, you can email us at thediebuddiespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks.